Previously on Eleven Fates. Where did you bring me to this time? And why am I here? Do you mind if I give you a gift? It's not cursed, is it? So, when's the tournament start? Yeah, I don't think you understand how this works. Ah, I think that's just means it's time for me to leave. I've done this gig before. Maybe I should have asked what kind of reputation you had before I took your bracelet then. From above the bell tower, blinding light in just a flash. And what if we refuse? Which one of you guys is going to have a round of drinks waiting for us when we get rid of this fucking scourge? I showed up in town and just got chosen by a god to flush your sewer system. Oh, that's strange. I've never known one of these things to be able to... <gasps> did you guys see what I just did? Wasn't he dead? Weren't you dead? Like, it makes no fucking sense why this guy's standing up right now. Did you guys know that there's this, like, tall bald guys has been like kind of following us we're being followed upon hearing that immediately cast just ducks away sure we'll cross paths again you're goddamn right gods be damned right i hope your plans work out for the best i think they will of course you don't care that i haven't been in a fight in 10 years it doesn't feel like you care anyway ah well i uh guess it's time to cast some fates I'm going to bargain. I'll take their lies and their secrets down with me. A chosen champion of the gods. Better remember the name Hunted Jewel, because the next time you see me, I'm going to be buying out the whole bar. Welcome to Tale of Eleven Fates. Welcome back. We're here in a bar in daybreak. It is a roarous occasion for the adventurers have been chosen for great destinies by the God of Light herself. There's excitement in the air. There's drinks being passed around. There's food being shared. It's warm. It's hot. It's seasoned well. And... It's all been paid for by a strange little dwarf named G before he departed. And he departed our friends in a myriad of states. We have Cassilian. I believe you were burning a contract in the uh, open hearth. Is it a contract or like a summons? Uh, it, it, it's a mix of things. It, it, it was definitely served papers that required your signature. As mm. far as directions that happened after that, you're not really sure. Yeah. I'm being very meticulous about ripping them. Like perfect folds in half of each square that I rip. And I'm folding it in half perfectly. And I'm throwing them like like small bags of confetti into the fire. Mm -hmm. and it's With a, a beer in hand. It's a pretty lengthy contract. You, you've got like six pages to get through. So yeah, it, it, you're definitely meticulously taking your time. And Rowena, I believe we're coming back in from the bar for you, correct? had a small word with G. Correct. I asked him about the pearls and took note of some of his unusual attention toward the goddess. And uh, now he has taken our guide off to the cleric, and I am returning to the bar. 
It's, it's certainly an interesting time. And then, of course, we have Jules. A lot of people are eager to hear the tale of uh, how you freed the city's sewage problem and that now the city can get back to a more normal life thanks to your heroic deeds. And I think Jules is probably like sitting at the bar, all like almost standing on it. And he's just kind of like, so I shook the guide and he came back up. He said he was fine. And I was like, I'm going to do this for you. Watch this. And then I leapt higher than I've ever leapt before. And bam, it was gone. How cool is that? And a big toast and a cheers happens. They clink to Jules. And they're all so excited. Laura's running around, filling off drinks, topping off bread, when the door just gets kicked in on itself, crashing up against one of the tables. And everyone goes quiet and just looks on back to a tall, bald man in these double-breasted robes with long steel buttons keeping it shut, just standing there in the doorway. Did I see this guy previously? You did. Like he is I, the man like who gave you some papers to forward okay. on to your compatriot cast. Am I still standing right by the door, we assume, since I just uh, came back You definitely in? didn't get hit by the door, but uh, yeah, you're, uh, you're, you're pretty close. You're one of the closest to the door. That's fine. I'm just going to turn dead-eye him and just put my hand on my hammer that's in my belt. Not, not draw it or anything, just hand on the ready. Cheers. Thought this was a party. Where's the merriment? Sorry, we uh, don't normally keep celebrating when people kick indoors. Ah, just want to announce my presence. If you uh, don't mind me, I have a business meeting to tend to. I see my client over there by the hearth. And he'll just slowly draw in. He'll kind of just grab a chair from underneath someone and they'll like kind of stand up, drink in hand as he like pulls it away. And he just, you know, has it backwards and go ahead and just one leg over the top and sits nice spread leg right across from you there, Castilian. I think the whole time that this is going on, I'm still just kind of like throwing small batches of paper into the fire. And then when he finally sits down without turning and looking, I, I just say, that's not how a chair is sat on. Uh, form follows function, but uh, that's also not how you sign a contract. Well, that would suggest that I'm interested in signing the contract. <laughs> we knew you wouldn't be. So here's your second option. And he like reaches into his coat and you can see that as you throw more pieces into the fire, a smaller contract is reforming in his coat. And he pulls out the second scroll of three from his cloak and hands it off to you. Also written in Dorvish. This one is much shorter. Single page. Are you going to tell me what it says or do I have to guess? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I will tell you if you would like to bother to open it. I wasn't sure if you're cockiness uh, or if it just goes straight into the fire. No, I, I uh, actually, I, I won't open it. I'm going to I'm going to turn to look at him and just say, so who exactly is it that sent you my way? <sighs> I'm empowered by the town of Alpine's Peak at the behest of diplomats from the West. Frankly, you've crossed quite a few people. Is that right? I wasn't there. I wouldn't know anything about it. No, that's exactly what crossed him. You were supposed to be there. I was supposed to be there before they chose not to accept me, right? 
I was supposed <laughs> to be there regardless of whether or not they wanted me, right? Well, you were chosen. You were made promises. And now they need to be rectified. Giving up a parcel of land that was bequeathed to you upon your choosing. The interest said land would have produced. All the legal matters of it all. And the matter of honor. I think that's when he kind of opens up the scroll and starts to starts to take a read at it. Uh, you've never seen one of these, but you've definitely heard of them. This is a dueling contract. This is something that's somewhat common from where you're at. It allows people to spar in a higher stakes fashion and is basically a magically imbued contract that allows for things like duels to the death legally as well as some are strong enough to invoke the ability of if you do fall in combat while doing the orders of said contract you'll actually come back from the dead and basically it's a strange magical contract that either allows you know those blood frenzied duels to take place where you do actually want to kill someone, but you don't want the legal repercussions of it. They come in all sorts of varieties. You've definitely heard of them and they're hard to come by because the magic infused to them is not very common. But the, the details that you get from this also written in Dwarvish are in order for you to win, you would need to slay this man named Brutus in combat once in order for him to win and thus claim all things that are due to you within the limits of alpine's peak he has to fell you 12 times without killing you okay so after Cass reads this he looks up and he says ah so you're not just someone's secretary oh no see uh you don't get into this work for free Twelve times seems like a lot of ego coming from your side of this table. Oh, not my terms. Cass, like, finally just leans forward and he says, so let me get this right. You beat me twelve times. Alpine's Peak gets their land back from me. I get your land from Alpine's Peak. Ah, uh, so you're not taking your payment in gold like the rest of us would. Oh, it'll come with gold. You are due certain things. You've skimped on your allowances for some time, and it was invested on your behest. Okay. What say you to this, Brutus? What if I just let you stay on the land for free? No cost to you, no damage to me, and you just let me worry about the old bats at Alpine's Peak. <laughs> that brings up the third contract. And he go ahead and pulls it out of his paper and just sprawls it out and it's written in common for this one it's just one big piece of piece of paper written wide if all contracts are failed to be turned in signed by Cassilian Dydroff a bounty will be placed on his head for the total sum payment can be collected by any dead or alive I think Cassilian lets out probably the loudest laugh he's let out the whole time <laughs> ah, now that that's a game you see that's much more interesting to me than beating you 12 times oh you only have to beat me once right but for you it's one out of 13 if i beat you once it's over 
But if I beat you once, it's over, Brutus. What's to stop me from losing 11 times? Just, you know, for the hell of it. <laughs> oh, the hell of it would be right. See, what's not within that contract is... I'm not allowed to kill you. But I'm supposed to kill you. Oh, yeah. Cass takes a second glance at the at the contract. Is there, like, any sort of explanation that says when these fights take place? Uh, they can only take place under a full moon. So there, there's, like, a three-day gap where the duels can take place. So you would have about 27 days in between each duel. So it, it would take him an entire year to complete year, this contract. Yeah. Okay, Cass finally looks at him and he holds out his hand he he goes into one of his pockets and just slips you a pen and probably as like non-egotistically as this can possibly be said he's he goes you understand why they gave me this right heard rumors it's not my job to know while you ponder that it's been a little quiet and awkward in the bar. Everyone's kind of just hushed breath following along. There's been some drinking and some eating swished about. And at, at some point, someone kind of just pulls on your sleeve there, Jules. Why, you, you're, you're friends with the Striped Death. Why don't you just go take care of it? Wait, who's, who, who's the Striped Death? That sounds... He's that Wait, sounds you don't, scary. You don't. You don't know. Oh no! I, what, no why would I, I ever be friends with somebody called the Striped Death? That, that, I, that, that makes that me nervous. That, that that dwarf fellow that you were fr friends with. Oh, gee, the Striped Death. He has presents. And I he, hold up my uh, my my pearl bracelet. Yeah, it's got one black pearl in the middle, and it's got three white pearls on each side. Oh, oh, that's that's nice. I just I don't. You, um, I don't know how to, um, I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to drink my drink. I don't know what to say to that, that maybe I'm confused, but what, a dwarf with that he, many tattoos must be this trite death. I thought you were friends and who, I don't, what, I just, what did he I, do? Who, or what did the striped death do? It could, it, there's no way that it could have been that guy. He was too nice. Oh, um, so, uh. The dwar dwarves they don't they don't believe in tattoos. They um when 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 they when they die their their body goes into like this stone form when when they get into old age mm -hmm. and it preserves their bodies so any tattoos would tarnish that and who knows how trends and stuff would change to where an old tattoo might become something bizarre but when all the small folk disappeared hundreds of years ago dwarves started to tattoo themselves. You get one line per kill. Well, I mean, maybe he's like just. He's covered from head to toe in tiny lines. But maybe he just like, like I, I, I don't think he would do something like that. I just that he's he's the boogeyman. He's he's the one we tell our kids will snatch them if they misbehave. Because he's done it before. Well, I mean, he he helped us. He's he's helped a lot of people, but he's hurt so many more. He said he was trying to make up for for stuff that he's done. And you've never 
talk to him before today? Nope. I guess, why? yeah, you wouldn't have known to not talk to him if I'm telling you who he was. I, I, um, I'm going to keep drinking my drink, if that's okay with you. Yeah, so, I, it's I a strange a, festival day. Got, got a question, though. Yeah, um, yeah. So now that, you know, we're, we're heroes, do we, like, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for maybe someone who knows about medicine who might be willing to help me, you know, seeing as how I, I did just save the entire town's water supply um, and a he, life and a life. Yeah, um, we, we definitely owe you a great deal. Um, food, drink, room and board, that, that's all coming to you tonight. Um, we do have an apothecary. You could probably talk with him in the morning. He, he keeps odd hours and is probably done for the day. Okay, yeah, no, great. Hey, let me get you another beer. G's buying. I got you. He's got you. And I wave, wave down to get the guy another beer. <laughs> Yeah, and very quietly, the bartender, like, <laughs> pours one drink and comes on down and, like, sets it with. And as he continues trying to eavesdrop on the other fire. At the same time, uh, Rowena, you're you're kind of smack in the middle of, of the bar at, at this point. You're eavesdropping on both of these conversations now. And, and things are... You read my mind on where yeah. I wanted to be. Yeah. <laughs> um, anything you'd like to get out of this? Position yourself wise don't want to just have you be a wallflower but that may be where you want to be no as soon as bald man brutus went over to cast she definitely positioned herself took a tankard of beer but positioned herself where she could kind of eavesdrop slash be nearby if something happened and so she's probably near enough to the bar that she also picked up when this conversation started with jewels so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think unless somebody else approaches her, she is just pinging off of that. And anybody who looks at her, at this point, she's probably stopped drinking and she is just nervous fidgeting with the ring on her left hand ring finger. Great. Just like kind of pulling it up and down, spinning it around and just back and forth between the two. And we'll go ahead and have that camera pan back around through the bar over to a Cassillian who's been just fiddling with a pen and has a contract in hand. Yeah. <laughs> I'm probably going to regret this, but that's okay. So Cassillian just takes the pen, puts the contract down, and stabs the pen into the contract, into the wood of the, of the table. That's a choice. And then he stands up and he says, so when do we get started? Oh, is that your signature? Because I need something legible to return. <laughs> and then he takes the pen still stuck into the table and drags it so it rips the contract and then picks it up and then hands him the contract with the hole of a straight, like a straight line hole cut through it. <laughs> he, he, he grabs the pen and he flips over the contract on just the blank black side and just writes, do you accept this as a valid signature? And the ink just sinks into the piece of paper. Now we wait. And he walks maybe like a half step past him and says, well, the first round's on me. And he goes over to the bar and just gets two two tankards of beer and walks it back and sits both of them like right across from Brutus. And he just sits there and picks it up and drinks his beer. Uh, uh, This like legal jargon note comes back on the paper in uh, green ink that comes back and says, 
do you testify here unto four that the person that did stab and then slash through said contract is one named Cassilian Dydrof? And he just writes I. At this point now, Cassilian is taking like really loud slurps of his beer. And he kind of like gestures towards the tankard like, come on, you know, head nod towards the tankard like it's not fun if one of us is sober. Uh, He'll go ahead and just take it and start drinking it and just glugs it all down, sets it down next to the contract as some more green ink comes by and says contract accepted. Right as that that text comes through, Gazillion stands up, sticks out his hands. He says, I look forward to our blossoming friendship, Brutus. <laughs> I have no idea. And yeah, he'll, he'll go ahead and just give your hand a nice squeeze. Uh, full moon doesn't start till uh, tonight. I'll uh, see you tomorrow. Let's say dusk. Cassilian just gives a, a slight nod and then sits back down and picks up the remainder of his beer and just starts loudly sipping it again. <laughs> Yeah, he just rolls up the contract and slips it back in. He rolls up the like potential all everyone wanted this person go hunt them down like a dog contract and slips it back in. He grabs the remaining scraps you have, throws them into the fire to get the other one repositioned. Guess I don't need this anymore. And he actually just takes off his like double breasted robe. And like slinks it down and underneath is just this like leather harness mixed in with all of these chains with two bucklers on his backside that just have these crazy like metal intricacies on both of them that just seem to be attached to some contraption to where it's basically just two small shields on like quick release and quick withdraw chains on his back. And this dude is chiseled as fuck. Clearly he skips leg day a bit, but like he is just Dorito bod through and through and just has this like massive tattoo going across his chest of just like this decapitated head with a blood trail just splurting all over his chest and like down his abs. Cassilian looks at this and then picks up the pen and draws a smiley face on the palm of his hand. And he goes, <laughs> I have one too. I like it. Yours is okay. And he, he'll just throw his robes in the fire. Enjoy your night. And he'll turn around and get on out of here. And like as soon as the door closes behind him, the whole bar just kind of erupts in like whispers and rumors <laughs> and drama. And, and and Laura like comes up to you and just kind of like gives you a small like bottle of like spirit. Not really sure what it is, but it is definitely strong. Cool. So now that he's gone, can I I know this might seem a little bit like not to the point, but now that I've seen all this shit about him, can I take like maybe a history check and see if I actually know this cat from somewhere? Yes, you can also like roll ten, it with advantage. 10 plus years of travel. Yeah. Right? Like I, 10 plus years of travel, your training. I mean, yeah. if this guy's from the same area you are, I mean uh, an 11. An 11 and that's with advantage. Yep. Nice. You are familiar with him. You don't remember him getting this tattoo or deciding to shave off all of his hair, 
but there's only one Brutus you really crossed paths with, and he was a champion of the gods a couple of years behind you. Okay. You remember him being kind of a snot-nosed punk and talking way too much shit for his own good, and he constantly got put down for it. That's how you remember Brutus. But that was maybe five or six years ago. Last you'd heard, he'd kind of taken up a path that could have been yours of being a seeker, of going out and finding hard-to-find foes. Once everything settles, I want to—I do want to go over and talk to Cass, just so you know. And Lars, they were like, uh, two, two glasses, maybe? Uh, there's still some celebrating and three glasses. And, and she just like marches off. Cass looks at Laura before she walks away and says, there's nothing to worry about. This trouble's not going to find you. Oh, I'm 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 not worried about it finding me. It's already f- found found you. I I I've heard good things about you. You came through. My my dad said you seemed seemed charming and we could be up for many great things. And now that might all be uh, um three glasses. And, and she just like heads off to the bar and like finds three glasses and kind of comes back down and sits down and hands you one and has one for herself and you and just pours you all some of this super high proof spirit. Cheers. Cheers. Rowena is going to come over though and she's going to grab the chair that Brutus was sitting on and like flip it around the correct way but pull it very close to Cass so that she can talk like really low and quiet. Before she says anything, Cass just says, you see that, 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 that's how you sit on the chair. The working way. Well, you know, all of my many years of etiquette school and all that i'm sure he just takes a, a, a little sip of the of the spirit and kind of gives it like a <sighs> master Nidrove. yes look i just want to make something explicitly clear here i've done this before i've gotten tangled up with handsome brood and men full of secrets and it's not ended well for me in the past so while i'm not expecting you to tell me what the fuck is going on here I do expect at the very least that as long as we're caught up in whatever this is, you give me a warning if watching your back means it leaves mine open. All right? Cass maintains a blank stare and then goes, were they better looking? Husband was the handsomest man I ever knew, so uh, you got a lot to live up to. He was taller, too. Mm. As you look at Rowena, who is 5'4 in her boots. <laughs> right. Cass, after thinking over thinking this over, just finally says, just because we're stuck together doesn't mean you have to follow me anywhere. Well, sure as hell not going back where I came from. It's going to get me in worse trouble than following you. Actually, I don't know if that's true. I think at this point, Jules kind of like stum- stumbles up, does, does the thing where he kind of almost trips into the conversation. But wait, why would we, why would we go anywhere? We're, we're chosen by the gods. We got to get paid. We got to find all the answers. You got to find my answer. I'm going to find your answer. That's that's what the God of Light said. Like, I'm, Funny thing about I'm the gonna... gods, kiddo. They don't have all the answers. If they did, they wouldn't need all of us. Well, yeah. She Also, we're... Uh, I, I've, I've lived here my whole life, and adventurers rarely stay. I mean, adventures typically don't happen within city limits. Two out of three groups were sent out of the city to help us in other ways but we we finished this quest she's gonna give us another quest right you're full-blown adventures you've got licenses and badges what? now you you can praise your own path 
Fulfill your own destiny. They might reach out if destiny. it needs to be, but that's not how it works. You just go out and find an advent. Fortune favors the bold. Just uh, something's bound to turn up. It, look, look, it's fine. I, I, I see this might be overwhelming, but you know, I've I've never heard of an adventure that you know was chosen for the worse. At this point, Cass just sort of uh, rustles around in his chair and then takes another drink of this. Of this spirit, whatever it is, and sets it down and says, once a month for the next year, I'm going to get into a fight with a man who I'm pretty sure that I knew from a different time in my life. I'm not going to ask either of you to come with me. I'm not going to ask either of you to show up. In fact, I wouldn't care if either of you did, but that's what's going to happen every month, once a month. And if I die to the hands of this man, which based on the contract I just signed, I can't, well, then the gods just gave you my luck, didn't they? And then he, like, takes a final, final last bomb of the shot. Glad to know we'll both have something to do once a month. Takes the one of the spirits and slams a shot as well. And someone from behind is definitely like, Why the long faces to the new heroes? And, like, everyone gets, like, into song and clink. And there, there's a bit of a nice little montage that ensues. Drinks, food, beds are prepared for you. You know, various hours of whenever you're done with the merriment. People want to come in, hear about the story of how you were able to free up the city's infrastructure to, to help out. How that man somehow got back up. The party goes on and on. Various people are buying drinks here and there. It really is a fun time to be had by all. A montage of singing, of drinking, of eating, and then just hard cut to mourning. Everyone's a little worse for the wear. Everyone's a bit tired. But you all wake up in some pretty comfy beds. Point of order, I did not choose to sleep on the bed. I, again, found the nearest tree and climbed up the top of it. Yeah. Absolutely. And there is a, a nearby tree, basically just around the corner from the bar. Even drunk Cassillian needs to be on brand. <laughs> <laughs> to be on branch? You just flopped uh, yeah, over it. Ooh, tummy it. down. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, you uh, wake to the smell of bacon, to the sound of birds, and to just an... An easy feeling. A little bit in your gut, a little bit in your head. It's a, it's a strange, strange new world you wake up to. But there there was the promise of breakfast. A delicious breakfast in the morning that you're all craving. By the time you all make it towards the common room, there's plates of hot food. There's filled cups. And there's a mail carrier consoling a very distraught Lara Lloyd who is just openly weeping in a chair holding a letter as this tall woman with a satchel of mail is there just giving her just the gentlest of hugs around her shoulders. What's going on? <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> my daughter's sick. She doesn't have much time unless we can. I don't know what we can do. I just don't know. <laughs> She's what, not. She's. What? Is, what's wrong with her? Like, what's she sick with? Is, is it a cold? Is she's it been flu? poisoned? She's. Uh, she was stung by a soul slink, <laughs> and like the mail carrier just like gasps and cover their mouth in like one little breath, and then like gets back to like trying to console and like brings out a tissue for her face. I don't know if you know of these. They're not 
common, but they've affected those in Aria on occasion. I, uh, I, I, I'm sorry. I should, I should, I should prepare a horse. I should go. I should be with her. Do um, you need a horse? I, 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 no. I, I, I have a horse. I, I would. It. Uh, she's my oldest daughter, and I, I, I would hate if I didn't at least ask. Would you, would you come with me? If there's anything that could be done, I think adventurers might be able to help. I, we, I can. I just. Is she an Arya? She's an Arya with my father father butch uh, butch and uh, he, yeah he's he's been taking care of her and showing her the family business and, what we, and out there and he just says he gave me this and just hands off a letter written in like big friendly letters uh, says love come quick max fallen ill a soul slink it seems there was malicious intent what do I need to roll to see if I know what a soul slink is? Uh, go ahead and give me an intelligence roll. Okay. Can I roll that as well? Yeah, please not do. My best stat. Same. Since I did not go to school, despite Ooh. my joke. Um, I'm oh. f- fairly certain none of you have Arcana, Ooh. correct? No, I have survival, but um, yeah. no, this would be Arcana. I did roll a 19, though. Nice. If you're giving it to all of us, I rolled a natural 20, but. Yeah, I'll, I'll I rolled a natural one. <laughs> natural one. You have not heard of a soul slink. Let's say I'm, I'm pretty heard. sure he said soul snake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Soul snake. Ha- you're fairly certain is a drug that makes you hallucinate. So you're slightly <laughs> confused by all of this. And you're like, wow, they take kids on drugs very seriously here. <laughs> Um, for the 19 and the natural 20, you know a soul slink as an embodiment of a tortured spirit that produces a venom that guarantees death. And it's not a pleasant death. It takes away the ability to sleep for about three days. And then after you've been awake for approximately 72, 75 hours you begin to alternate between intense bouts of physical and mental pain and then small doses of a coma-like state where your body rapidly regenerates until eventually someone takes mercy on the poor soul. With a natural 20, though, you have heard of the cure, Cass. You know that a soul slink looks kind of like a centipede that's slightly see-through that ends in kind of two scorpion-esque tails. You would both know that it causes uh, bright fluorescent purple veins to spread over its victims. And once it gets to the heart, it goes pitch black. And that's when the symptoms set in for the actual pain. The webbing spreads while the insomnia sets in. But you would know the cure which is bloodberries. It's a very strange plant that's only found in one location, and that's the Griffin's Roost. The Griffin's Roost is basically in the center of this continent, and it's called that for that's where ages and ages and ages ago, the Griffins took place there. The Griffins were some of those terrible rulers before the gods came about. And when the gods came about, and they set upon the Griffin's kind of stronghold, they caused 
massive atrocities upon everyone there. Instead of staging an army, the Griffins decided to eat or torture all of their citizens and just accepted their fate. But they tried to get as much joy from tormenting the mortals as they could before the gods and their armies arrived. It is still just harrowed ground and reeks of death to this day. But a very interesting plant grows there, known as bloodberries, has only ever grown there and is a possible cure if one can get them. But no one really goes there. Yeah, I think Cass sees this and doesn't really say too much. He just sees and asks and says, how long is the ride to Griffin's Roost from here? To where? Griffin's Roost. It's about, could be anywhere from three days to a week, depending on what the roads do. They fluctuate. Took me three, three and a half with stops on the way to get from Mastellan, I think. That is correct. Okay. Um, in, in, with about the timeline. So you could hypothetically, if you rode without stopping, get there in about 20, 24 hours. So why is everybody looking so grim? You know, I I have never had a bad trip on Soul Snake. Like, oh, oh sweetheart. Did, did she have too much? Like, No, sweetheart, somebody poisoned her. She's going to die if we don't find a cure. Is there a cure, Master Daedrove? Because I sure as hell have never heard of one. Uh, yeah, this is the point where Cassillian imbues all of that information back to him and says, Great. <laughs> and says, <laughs> um, if you've, if you've ever heard of bloodberries, they only grow on Griffin's Roost. It's said, or I've heard, though I've never seen, that bloodberries can can cure soul slink venom. Well, who would even know? No one in their right mind would want to go to Griffin's Roost. Even everyone who lives in the town below it avoids it. Well, then I would guess that we are not in our right minds. Look, if if we could save a Lloyd, we have to go. These, Which took care of me in Aria? That, that that means a lot to hear. I I I can, I can be ready in within 10, 10 15 minutes. As as Laura kind of just wipes up her face and f- folds it and stuffs it into her apron and and heads off into the back. Before she st- steps off into the back, Cass just kind of you know like tries to sort of gently affect her with his hand on the shoulder and and but like still with business in his voice says horses. They'll be ready. Um, and she just like nods to the uh, male person and they give kind of a nod back and just immediately books for the door and like starts running down the street. You're probably going to miss your little date, Master Diedrove. Should we leave him a note? It's at this funny feeling in the back of your mind, you I- know where this man is. He's about 900 feet due east of you. Oh, I was actually just going to say, I get the feeling that if he wants to fight me, he'll come to where I am. He's 900 feet due east of me? Yeah. That's oddly specific. (laughs) (laughs) For no reason in particular. It's this weird thought that you have, that the thought of him and the image of him, you don't know this town very well. Like you, you, you've done your lay of the land. You kind of know uh, like whereabouts and whatnot. You can tell he's about twelve feet in the air and nine hundred feet due east of you. Okay, <laughs> I mean, what choice do I? Have? I, I, I look at Rowena and say, "I'll, I'll be right back. Don't leave without me." And I turn around and start walking towards him. I'm just gonna call after Cass. If you start getting your arse kicked, do holler. <laughs> 
Cass does not turn around to this. He just kind of puts it, shrugs his shoulders and his hands in the air and just kind of like shakes his head, like almost to say, what the fuck else do you expect me to do if I'm getting my ass kicked? <laughs> Jules turns to Rowena. Should we follow? Maybe, maybe. No, no, no. This, that, that no, meant business. No, sweetheart. Master Diodrove needs to do this for himself. And if he needs our help, I'm sure we'll know very soon. Okay. Have you ever ridden a horse before? Uh, yeah. I've, I've, I've ridden a few horses. I mean, I'm, I generally just prefer to jog, but. Looking yeah, at I've... you, I feel like you could probably keep up with a horse. You've got a lot of energy in you. Let's go, um, let's go load up on leftovers from breakfast. We might want them for the road. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Let's go. I'm going to make myself at home back in the kitchen. I assume I can find where yes. everything is and I'm just going to start packing lunch boxes. Absolutely. And that's when the camera does kind of like one of those quick withdraws out of the bar, catches up to Cass's shoulder, and they both kind of like speed walk through the streets that don't quite line up with the sense of direction. And as you go to like knock on a door of like a bed and breakfast, it opens and Brutus, the big bald man, is just there rippling in the doorway. Cass looks at him, looks at his... um at his wrist, which he's not wearing a watch of any mm-hmm, sort. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then looks at his hand with like the basically Remnants almost of the washed face. away smiley face and goes, I know I'm a little early. We can't touch each other until moon up part of the contract, but I can get to you before a uh, dawn before the uh, full moon sets. Don't worry. I know where you are too. Very good. And cast turns and uh, turns back. He goes, just in case I'm delayed, I concede, and then walks away. And he's just going to take the L on the first meeting because he doesn't want anything to fucking impose on his ability to to, to save the girl. Oh shit! <laughs> it don't work that way, but I'll find you. God damn. And Cass takes no note. He just walks away. <laughs> yeah, and he'll, he'll just go ahead and sh- he'll, he'll go ahead and shut the door behind you. And as you kind of make your way back, Oof. there are uh, a couple of horses uh, drawn about outside of the uh, bar area. It, it is just in the morning, so it's maybe six thirty, maybe going on seven by the time you're able to mount up your horses. When uh, they do have your horse back again so uh you know whoever was monitoring the stables was like oh no no this is her horse these ones they can take though yeah but yeah is your horse's name damn it no my horse's name is farrier oh okay we did discuss naming it damn it (laughs) okay that's okay i was like am i going crazy (laughs) no no no, that was a discussion this horse's name is damn it no the horse's name is farrier which is funny because a farrier is a person who makes horse shoes (laughs) <laughs> uh, would you like to name your horse there, Zep? No, I get too attached. Maybe later. Okay. Maybe after the horse does something worth being named. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nameworthy. Until then, it's rental. Yeah. I name mine Brutus. God damn it. <laughs> I love it. Power moves left and right from Cass. Wow. I mean, is um, that a power move or just like a schoolyard insult? <laughs> If you believe hard enough, it's a power move. Yes, to both of those. Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, so yeah, you, you definitely pick the ugly horse. <laughs> but you're you're able to mount up and uh, Laura sets a brisk pace out of town. 
and is just immediately off has her cloak has her writing gear has a knapsack you have plenty of lunches packed for at least the next few days and you are off galloping at a full speed you go past not nearly as many guards when you saw on your way in with everyone at full guard for the festival and on your way out you can just see these billowing clouds starting to roll in from the west a bit strange as you have ocean to your north just beyond the woods these clouds seem to be coming across the entire continent to meet you from the bright day of daybreak as you ride out to aria with a shred of hope to be able to save a young girl who's been poisoned not sure for why but hopefully you can rummage up a cure you hit out on the roads at that brisk speed and the roads do that strange thing of it seems everything gets to be worrying by a bit faster than normally would it's one of those god's gifts that were brought down of travel you know that in small packs it's safe to use and you kind of just curve into it and it's one hour two hour three hours go by of being on this horseback as a group you're able to get it done in just under four hours maybe about 11 o'clock as you ride into town and this was not the same town you all saw days or weeks ago when you first made your way into daybreak there are big black banners hanging off the sides of the large tavern where you have all these ramshackle houses that have been converted from carriages and kind of a loose leaf planting but there is that nice welcoming tavern except all the windows are boarded up, big black banners hang down, and a bevy of flowers, baskets of fruits, all lay near the front door, as it seems like a community is already grieving for what may come. Lara gets off her horse and bursts through the door, gets a big hug from Butch. Butch Lloyd, the man who all welcomed you with a big, jolly laugh. He just looks teary-eyed. He clearly hasn't slept. Welcome! I'm so happy to see you, but I'm so sad you're here. Butch welcomed you as best he could it is a fraction of the warm welcome you first got on your pass through here just days ago but he welcomes you and and flags you in and you see in this nice big open floor plan of a bar just tables covered in goods um lots of food lots of clean drink, rolls of bandages, flowers, kind of anything the community thought that a family in need could use. It reminds you of the pleasantness you saw on the way in of this community that's so welcoming and positive that the uh, optional stay here kind of became a necessity. Um, you knew that you could push on to your next, but it just seemed like such a nice place you wanted to stay. And seeing these big black banners of grieving throughout the town is is, is a shock. But Butch does welcome you. Okay, yeah, I ca uh, I've come in. Um, sorry, the note was brief, but it's what I could manage. Uh, some of the guys, 
started questioning people. No one knew what had happened. We've never had a soul slink bite sting in town, I guess you'd call it. And uh, Mac, uh, Mac started showing symptoms immediately. I've been up with her all night. She's just bathing right now. Wanted to be presentable, of all things. She'll be down in a moment. Anyone come through here? You know, new people? New travelers? Not new, but we chased away a boy in the night. Guards kind of came through. I say guards, it's just a couple of the craftsmen who have a sword or two laying around, and it's more of a militia. We got a a group together walking around asking questions, and on the way over to the Broven house, their young boy Dusty just fled to the hills. We chased him as far as he could, but, you know, a couple of old-timers and some armor couldn't keep up with a young spry boy. He made it all the way to Troll Hill before before they had to turn around. We're not sure why he did it. He's been infatuated with Mac for weeks. Maybe he thought he could be your savior or something. Uh, Mac might have more info. Young people do stupid things when they're in love. Ain't that the truth? Like, poison somebody? Rowena just gives Jules, like, the darkest, <laughs> most disconcerting look and then turns back. <laughs> Sorry. I, Sorry. I fell in love with your mother, Lara, when uh, she gave me food poisoning. <laughs> so I've heard of crazier things. She didn't do it on purpose, of course. She just doesn't know the difference between a frying pan and an ashtray. Well, sounds like um, we should let you all have some time with the family and perhaps we can go meet up with these uh these craftsmen find out if they've learned anything else see what we need to do and how long we've got to do it it's been about 16 hours since it happened she's got maybe another 60 tops before uh the pain sets in so we we don't have time for questioning we have to go go get the what you call them but brood berries blood, blood and come back do they work? Some of the people around town say that they might, and that if anyone were to have them, Dusty must have. He don't do some sort of... Who's Dusty? He's he's the boy, the, the Broven boy that we chased off. I mean, if he's crazy enough to run into Troll Hill, I think he's crazy enough to think that he could poison someone and then be their savior. If he came across the Bloodberries, it'd be easier to find a Soul Slink. He's also closer. We could take an hour, see if we can find him, and still have time to get to Griffin's Roost and back. I, I, I know that you, my, my daughter tells me that you were selected for great adventures, but I mean, it's a hillside infested with crazed trolls. They've all been infected with Soul Slink, but the natural harditude of the troll keeps them mad and keeps them angry. They're just walking abominations at this point. You really think he made it? And if he did, that you'd be able to find him? If he's already got to the Bloodberries, it doesn't matter what state we find him in. We just need to find them. Not to be <sighs> heartless, but it's, I'm more it's, focused on the living than the dead at this point. It's mighty fine of you, but I, I can't ask you to do it. I couldn't ask the guards to follow them out to the troll hills. I couldn't ask you to do it. I love my granddaughter with all my heart. It's, it's gonna kill me, but... I don't know if I can accept more than one death this week. Cass turns to Rowena and says, You're from Bastellan, aren't you? Yes. And you've never heard of 
an apothecary or someone carrying bloodberries. Surely we are not the only adventurers to go up the hill. It wasn't really my area of expertise. I'm a smith. I work with metals. I work with jewelers. I work with carpenters. I don't really deal in potions other than ales. Besides, even in Bastellan, no one's stupid enough to go to Griffin's Roost. That's the sort of place we tell horror stories about to keep the children in line. So do people not die from poison in Bastellan? People die from the normal kind of poison in Bastellan. The kind that their angry lovers or jilted friends slip into their stew when they're not looking. Is Matt coming soon? We can maybe ask her some stuff about Dusty. And you hear a faint voice from like the stairs coming down. She's just like in a bundle up of like robes and has like a towel over her head. And you can see just bright, radiant webbing all up and down her left arm so far. Just in a soft voice. Hi, I'm Mac. I saw you guys when you all came through, respectively. Of course, I heard your champions of the gods. That's neat. I didn't think I'd get to meet champions or the chosen i don't really know what they call you we don't really have a name yet so go on do you want to do you want to sit down Rena's oh gonna yeah, find a chair sure. and pull it up I, I, you could say i'm a little tired <laughs> is there actually hope there's always hope that's what the goddess of the light brought hope for the world true that's that's a really good point uh yeah i'm happy to tell you what i know I, I I was taking out the, the trash and I, I, I saw this box that didn't really seem right. It had some ribbon over the top of it, but it wasn't tied. I, I thought someone had gotten a present and missed the trash for with the box. So I went to go pick it up and there it was. It just got me right here. And she like shows between her like middle knuckle, two little like points where the purple glow is the brightest. Got me right there. And then it just curled up and vanished. Apparently they don't stick around after they sting. <laughs> They've passed their paint on. So why bother? That's why I hear there's no real anti-venom of, you know, normal bounds. Because there's nothing to get an anti-venom from. I, I know you say there's not an anti-venom, but we, we've heard of one. At least one of us has. The bloodberries? Yeah. They've been talking about it in town, but no one, no one's ever been where they grow I'm not even sure right. if they grow where they grow okay but we what do you know about okay what do you know about dusty <laughs> i fucking hate that kid uh if he's to blame for all this i i never want to i i i can't even imagine he's 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 been bothering me for weeks he i i'm like no you're too young i'm 16 i'm a woman now i i can i'm i'm gonna go off and do my own things i'm starting my life and i don't want to be here with him and his strange family they just they they're the ones that trade and rarities and oddities they came into town one day with a bunch of gnome gadgetry and then sold it off to passerbys and kind of just stuck around they take odd things and make them odder. The rumor around town is that at some point his family got a hold of some blood berries. So he took it upon himself to try and be a savior. I don't know what his plan was. If it was his plan, no one's really been able to talk to him. Well, we're going to find him. We're going to take the blood berries and you're going to get better. <laughs> I hope that's true. Right? And 
and HJ is just like looking around at Cass and Rowena just to like, right, right, right. We're going to do this. Cass just looks kind of, you know, westbound and just says we should ride to the roost as a suggestion. You don't think it's smarter to see if we've already got resources in town? It'll be faster. At least try to talk to the boy or his parents if he's not to be found. Find out if the if they even have these berries. How else does one find a soul slink? It's not like they're just growing on trees. You have to lure them to you. You gotta find them somewhere. You gotta make them appear. Doesn't we? Don't we think that Dusty already has some of the berries? We just go. We just go up to to Troll Hill. I'll scurry by, give him the all. One, two. I'll get the berries and we'll be back. Look, I hear what you're saying, Cass, but Griffin's Roost is not a place we just walk into. And at least on Troll Hill, we know what we're dealing with. Yes. Sorry, you I am dead? I'm furiously I'm furiously looking for something. Mm-hmm. Stand by, stand by, stand by, stand by. This is um, why we take notes. Ah, okay. No, no, no. <laughs> not even that. <laughs> I'm just going to be like a dramatic piece of shit. <laughs> Cass walks up to Rowena and like holds out his hand. And does she put her hand out? Are you holding it out like handshake, like palm? No, up? like 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 what like, kind? Uh, what like what kind? To drop something in your hand. She will look at him, and then she, yeah, she will hold out her her right hand. And then he will drop his dice set into her hand and say, "Lead the way." You motherfucker! Uh, she's gonna take the dice set. She sticks it into her pocket and just looks to to the Lloyds and says, alright, where where can we find these uh, uh, Borovans? Is that their name? Broven. Uh, Broven. Bro- the Brovens are uh, just down the way. They're a bit new in town, so they're at the outskirts. They're on the uh, last shop on the northern road. Alright, we're gonna go talk to them, see if we can get any more answers. I know it's hard. In in the meantime, try to try to get some rest. Whatever rest you can. And, uh, stay here. Your family loves you, and they'll take care of you until we get back. Alright? Laura and Mac Mackenzie, they, they hug each other. Um, just that nice embrace, and Butch kind of just looks over. I, uh, strong pot of coffee for you before you head out. Thank you. Much appreciated. You, uh, come out, and there, there's definitely a couple of, uh, people peeking out in kind of the streets with just little waves here and there. They kind of just follow you with your eyes up into the town and and there's a group of three militiamen at the northern end of town kind of just sitting around with these uh, two similarly dressed people. A man and a woman and they just kind of sit there just looking worried at each other and and everyone kind of sees you approach and kind of uh, uh, attend and they're like um hello can we can we be of any help are you uh here to do something we are the adventurers so we're looking for the adventure i guess are you the uh the brovens uh yes uh me and my my wife here um your your son is missing we we, we we know i don't know how our boy could do something like this but if he did do something like this i i, I want i want it fixed no no one should should go through that fate he might not have done anything maybe he just saw who did and got scared anything could be possible 
true. But we do need to find him, and if he's run off toward Troll Hill, as we've heard, he might be in danger too. So. Yeah, that's why we think he might have actually done it. As, as like, the mom just starts crying and she, like, kind of excuses herself, like, back further into their house. Wait, what? I, excuse me. S- help. Sir. Yes. Did, did he take the blood berries? We, we've had a lot come through our shop, and we've definitely started with a lot of oddities. Um, me and the missus haven't had any bloodberries come in, but, like we told these fine guardsmen, uh, he does tend to the shop alone once a week. If something came in, maybe he didn't tell us, maybe he didn't know what it was, but we haven't seen any bloodberries come through or live animals we didn't accept a soul slink from someone well that's good to say the least can i try and insight check that yeah please do uh that's a 13 he 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 seems truthful and forthcoming it does sound a little rehearsed but based on the stuff around it kind of sounds like Maybe he has answered these questions a couple times before. Totally. Um, yeah, he worked the shop by himself three days ago and 10 days ago and 17 days ago, pretty much every week. And uh, he's been interested in Mackenzie for some time. <sighs> yeah, we, we we got into town about three months ago and it's he's been smitten ever since. Um, he's tried almost everything. He's tried presents. He's tried pulling her hair. He's tried making her art. He tried getting mud on her dress and then offering to clean it there. That one, that one was a bit more foolish. He apologizes for all of them um, and, and makes a big ado about it. Tends to help out with chores, whether she's around or not over at the Lloyd's place. He's earnest, but uh, maybe a bit foolish. The young usually are. Kind of thought he'd either grow out of it, or she's been gearing up to move back to Daybreak. All right. Well, I'm sorry that you've all gotten caught up in this, and thank you for being forthcoming. Anything we can do to help, I'm happy to. If you are willing to go that way, um, this might help. Um, And he, like, rummages through and, like, pulls out essentially a tuning fork. Um, We uh, came across some volcanic stone. Uh, If you you get close enough to it with the tuning fork, it emits a bit of a hum. We we gave our son a, a belt buckle made of it so in the event we did ever need to track him down as kids sometimes run off or get lost we've been traveling a long time we thought it'd be of use let me show you and he like has kind of like a steel lock box and he opens it up and there's like four or five brooches made out of like this dark red material and as soon as it opens up the tuning fork just emits like a super high note of just and like cuts shuts the lead box one more time and it cuts it so as long as he's not got a barrier of metal this will start 
tuning off about 100 yards out, at least faintly, get you a bit closer. All right. Thank you. We'll uh, put this to use. I hope you find him, and uh, I hope he can be of help for her sake. We'll do our best. And Runa's going to turn and hand the tuning fork to Cass. Cass is going <laughs> to grab it and, like, knock it on his head. Yeah, it definitely makes a low, like, and turn around and start to walk away at, at like, a slow pace just to, to be able to, like, you know, kind of backtrack to Rowena when she starts walking away. Sorry, this is player point of order clarification because yes. I don't know if I caught this. How old is Dusty? Uh, he's about 14. Okay. So he's about two years younger than uh, Mackenzie. He's a little bit younger than Mackenzie. Okay. Yeah. okay. Sorry, just couldn't find it in my notes. Rono is just going to kind of thank everybody. She will check in with the guard guys to see if they have any additional information that seems helpful. You're not actually going to go into Troll Hill, are you? It's covered with dozens of insane trolls. If they got a hold of him, they've smashed the bloodberries by now because they'll smash anything that moves. Do you have a better idea? I'd love to hear it if you do. I, I, I mean, we can't help her. What kind of attitude is that? A, a, a realistic yeah. one? You guys can't help her. I, you, That's true. I Look, <laughs> maybe you're all stronger than you look, but how's this going to help the family? Having four deaths on their hands? It's not on their hands. It's our choice. And wouldn't you rather know that somebody tried to do something instead of giving up before they'd even begun? Roy will turn and walk away. I hope you're right. We're fucking right. And then Jules turns and scampers away. <laughs> Rowena will will walk up to you, Cass, and then just kind of be like, Alright, so, I know none of us want to do this, but we're doing it, aren't we? I don't not want to do it. I think it could be kind of fun. Cass holds up the tuning fork again and just, like, taps it and goes, That, that is irresponsible. The fact what? that you keep giving yourself a concussion... The fact that they trust a kid who they have to put a tracker on with an oddities store once a week. I used to run a tavern when I was 13 by myself full of drunk men. Are you wearing a magic tracker? No, because my father kicked me out <laughs> when I was 11 and told me to go find a job. But you're not wearing the magic tracker. And then he just like walks away and starts beating the magic tracker on trees and on little rocks and on on just whatever he can find. And 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 he he turns back finally and goes Yes, yes, we're doing this. Can can we please? Yeah, no, I'm following. I'm following. <laughs> You're the the one who just... seems to be good with all the nature shit. And he just starts still just walk absolutely irate that we are chasing a kid who has to have a magical This this is like the equivalent of a kid who you put a like a heart, you know the harness that you put on kids? Like this is what this reminds me of. And, and <laughs> kid leash. And he's, uh -huh. just, <laughs> he's just walking down the road just Probably the wrong direction for all he cares. Hitting the oh, if you start going the, the wrong direction, Rowan will like kind of steer you. <laughs> just be like, no, no, no. It's it's. They said it was this way. Yeah, they've they've all pointed at kind of like this one big hill off into the west. So there's some like high wheat and things like that that you can kind of tromp through if you want to get that straight line to it. Uh, you also did see during his uh, parents' demonstration, they didn't need to like tap it or anything like that. As soon as they opened the box, the tuning fork just went crazy with vibration. Okay. So you at least don't need to assault everything with the uh, tuning fork. <laughs> Noted. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Still does it. Yeah. Beautiful. As long as it's a choice. 
Um, but yeah, you're, you're able to kind of make your way western on, on your way out of town. Butch does kind of get you kind of like a, a sealable thermos of, of coffee in case it is a, a bit of a late night on your way out. Just at kind of the outskirts of town, you can see a, a collection of people waving and wishing you the best as you make your way through these fields. There's a road off to your north. There's a road off to your south. And you're kind of just splitting the difference towards this large hill. And as you start to climb up it, it's it's maybe like a 45-minute walk to get to the top of this hill. And, and the look on the other side is in the low grounds in between kind of these bigger knolls and rolling hills are just all sorts of thrown about hollowed out trees there there seems to be kind of a, a marshy creek that runs through all of these and just periodically you can see just these hulking shadows in the distance kind of just rummaging about in these like large clangs and screech of meat on meat impacts throughout just these valleys that kind of just echo up to you a little bit. Does it sound familiar at all? It sounds like... Okay, valid question. Come on. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it sounds like if you were to, like, slap yourself to wake you up in the morning or to, like, spar with someone and get, like, maybe, maybe a punch or two in that's a little bit too hard, just if those people were 15 feet tall. Hmm. Like the Trolls of Troll Hill. Yes. Hmm, yes okay. Yes. Cass, you're uh, leading us on, on this adventure with the uh, tuning fork. Uh, give me a survival to, to navigate these uh, hilly grounds. Can I assist to give him advantage since I'm also proficient? Yes, I will. I'll give you that. You're, you're slightly more familiar with these grounds. 15. And that's with advantage? Yeah. Excellent. My first roll sucked. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I wanted to help. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And it is the both of you in conjunction that like find the easygoing path down and can see these smaller imprints versus these like large troll like imprints that are all over the place. You can definitely see kind of these more pinpoints here and there and you're able to kind of pick up on a trail of what could be an adolescent boy. If you like, you can keep following it about. It is a bit concerning as it does seem to uh, line up with a bit more of a deeper, wetter troll footprints. <laughs> Chuckling at deeper, wetter. Yeah. yeah. No, no, actually, I was I was going to turn and just hand the tuning fork to Hunted Jewel and just be like, okay, your turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, so Hunted Jewel... Is does not provision in survival. Doesn't really know too much about it. So just follow follow the tracks, right? Yep. Okay. Look, everyone, just like get get low, get quiet. Look, I we can sneak up on this thing slowly. And Hunted Jewel proceeds up slowly. Uh, go <laughs> tapping into the cat stinks. <laughs> mm-hmm. You got it. It's the only thing I'm good at, uh, except today when I roll an eight. Oh no. <laughs> Rona just kind of look at that exchange and give Cass a little bit of a like, really? We're going to get another teenager killed? <laughs> He's in his 20s. Yeah, okay. HJ is not a teenager. Just, but barely. <laughs> I rolled a trash seven. 
I rolled a 17 despite all of my weaponry, so I can't. I don't know what to tell you. Great, great. <sighs> I love it. So that was a 8, a 7, and a 17? Yeah. Yes. Dip, 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 dip. Um, so you you all get in kind of that crouching low and, and begin to work your way through kind of these reeds that have grown in between these hills. And you end up going for about 20, 30 minutes before the uh, tuning fork does start to hum a bit more. It actually does have kind of its own vibration now and its own hum to it. But as it starts to hum, you can definitely hear some sloshing from behind you. Look behind slowly, dramatically. And as you reveal, there is definitely just this heaving, blue-skinned troll, just like panting almost, and it's just covered in these bright, very thin, but very heavily covered, irradiant webbing, and just a big black patch of darkness over where you assume its large size heart would be and it is just heaving and panting and just biting into its own lips and making itself bleed as it just lets out a massive Furuturak Furuturak and comes charging forward he probably just wants to help <laughs> Surely, if we yes, dear, I'm sure it's going to roll initiative to see how much uh, help you can give. Oh my god, I haven't rolled none of my dies have had a double digit number on them all night. (laughs) Don't worry, it'll be like last week where you rolled really crap, you still got the killing blow. You'll be fine. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's Um, destiny. Anyone get above a 15? I did. Yes, I rolled a 17. I also rolled a 17. Excellent. Do you either have a preference of who goes first? I think Cass has higher dexterity, so he should go first. There we go. That is a true thing. That's true, maybe. Is it more than a plus one? Yes. Would you get there, Jules? Oh, I got a 17. <laughs> if you take if you take the one out in front of it. 16? No. Seven. <laughs> Great. Love it. And our neutral friend um, is a charge-in. Too bad, too bad. Cass, you have first reaction to this behemoth of a troll, probably about 40 feet away from you, has uh, clearly spotted you and is now making its way up towards you. It is biting itself in pain, making just its entire bottom lip just dripping with blood. Okay, I, as quickly as I can, pull out my longbow. That's real quick. And I rolled a 12 to hit. A 12 to hit will strike true. Ooh, baby. Cool. As I pull back on on my arrow, my right hand just lets out a small glow and as I release it the arrow flies with just a little bit of light and that light is my hunter's mark which I will attach to it as I as I strike this bad boy yeah so, go ahead and uh, roll that bonus damage nine damage total nine damage yeah this arrow feels real nice coming off your string it is going true it is charging at you you are all excited for the momentum of this arrow to just sink right into the head of this thing as it kind of just bounces off its fleshy head it didn't seem to strike as true as you would have liked it to Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Rowena, come on down. Okay. Don't like that. Again, I gotta remember that I'm a shield fighter and remember to close beforehand. Uh, do I have time to pull my shield off or do I need to just go in two-handed with the sword? You can get your shield off. Great. Then I will pull off my shield, draw the sword, and I'm just gonna charge up in because I think I was probably at the back of the group anyway at this point. So I'm probably closest. Yes, you'd probably be about 30 feet, whereas uh, probably Jules is the one that's 40 feet away. Then I just want to run up and slash. That is 18 to hit. That will hit. For eight damage. Excellent. Yeah, you definitely are like, oh yeah, I'm gonna just sink on into this bad boy. And uh, you don't get as deep as you definitely want to. You've heard about trolls as like a fairy tale and spooky thing, but seeing one up close is living up to the ferocity that you've heard of. And I believe you have a bonus action if you'd like to use it. It's just a question of if I can do anything with it. I don't know that I can yet because level one. No, I'm just going to post with my shield in case anybody else gets close. Great. That brings up our troll who is going to bound up over you. Oh. Um, and is basically, yeah, is basically just going to step up and over you. If you'd like to make an attack of opportunity, you can go ahead and slice the underside of this. Yeah, if I have that option, I will take it. Because why wouldn't I? But I am we going to those. miss. All right. Bounds on through. Kind of just like looks back at your sword and then just comes up to Cass and is going to try to grapple you. If you would like to make a contested roll, you can uh, either athletics or acrobatics to uh, resist being grabbed. I will take an acrobatics check. Great. I got an 11. I got a 20. Nice. Yeah, th- this thing basically tries to come at you from the sides and like scoop you up into the air and you're able to kind of duck down and scrape across one of its hands. So it's just kind of up in the air with its clenched hands of like, Furak, Furak, as it just kind of shakes about wildly and like doesn't understand where you went as you like slipped out and is now going to move past you as well and just get down in front of Jules and just go for Uh Jules, that uh, brings you up. There is now a troll uh, between you and Cass as uh, Rowena is about uh, 20 feet behind. I want to take the tuning fork, hold it up to the troll. Does it start vibrating more or less? Uh, no, no, no change with the tuning fork. Uh, and then how, what does the trail look like the way that we were going? Like the, the way that the tuning fork did start to vibrate. Um, you can still see the like small, uh, imprints of what would be a much smaller creature than a troll going in that direction. Um, there are still kind of footprints uh, as well that make their way that way, but of like big troll footprints. This seems to be maybe something that wasn't following the boy and has instead found you. Right. Should we try and outrun this thing? Does it run? Or should we kill it? Sweetheart, you gotta start throwing hands. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> look, I, look, this is only my second adventure. I know it's the second time. You still have to think about it. You gotta just fight. <laughs> All right. Yeah, and... Uh, <laughs> 
HJ just takes one just uppercut right in his heart hole. Yeah, roll to hit. That is a 15. That's going to hit. That's a four bludgeoning damage. Oh, you're punching, you're not clawing? Yeah, and then I'm going to take my uh, bonus action unarmed strike. Do it. Which is a motherfucking nat 20. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Get in there. So I'm going to roll 2d4. That is a seven uh, crit damage. So seven crit damage. So 11 total bludgeoning. So you take one shot, like uppercut into this thing's chest, and you can just feel it hit and then billow back. And the troll kind of just like looks up at you very wide eyed and just with a, a, a small grimace of frock. And then you let the second one in and you're like, oh, yeah, that one felt so nice. And it just rings true. And you can just see this thing with like a smirk on its face. Just like have two or three ribs just cave in towards its chest as it's now like crumpled over and like we like heaving a little bit. Uh, and that brings us up to Cass. Oh, fuck. Oh, it's not dead. Player just realized um, the thing. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, mm-hmm. cool. Fuck, now I feel stupid because I didn't realize the thing. Don't worry, I'll yell it to you if it's free action on my next turn. That's okay. You're at the same initiative. You could yell it out now. Great, free action, I yell. Oh, fuck, I think it wants us to kill it. Cass looks at her confused and says, okay, <laughs> and runs towards it, but this time with my sword to try and, like, cut its leg i'd like you know like a non-lethal blow mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just to like knock it down it, it, try and try and take it down to more advantageous to gang up on it yeah uh, and that's a 14 a 14 will hit and that is 12 damage total with my hunter's mark nice yeah, you, you definitely sink into this thing, and as you kind of pull out the sword a bit, you can see your your wound that you slash into it immediately close up a bit more than you would have expected. Fucking trolls are resilient, sons of bitches. You sink it in, you, you can feel it like wince a little bit, but it has a, a bit stranger of a reaction compared to uh, its almost glee that it got from Jules giving it the one-two combo to the chest. Uh, Rowena. Or uh, Cass, is there anything else you'd like to do if you wanted to move? Or uh, I, I think Cass just probably in? yells, "How can you tell?" As I'm running up to get into melee with the troll and be within five feet of Cass, mm-hmm. uh, Rona says, "Because they're suffering immeasurable pain and they can't sleep and they can't die. Isn't that what this venom does?" Oh, uh, I guess yeah. I guess I didn't put together the. Fa- I mean, I got, no, that- I put together the fact that he was venom, venom like poisoned, but I didn't put I didn't put the symptoms together for whatever reason. My brain was just like. <laughs> No, that's fine. He's I, dying too. We're all having an in-character realization as the players connect the dots of, right. oh, maybe this is what's going on. Yeah. Watch as we're completely wrong, and we'll find out in a minute here. But yes, I would like to run up, and I would like to, if positioning is viable, I would like to try to flip my sword around and reverse grip and just stab him through the heart. Sure thing. 19 for a 24 to hit. So That will hit. Great, and I rolled max damage, which I believe is 11 for me. Beautiful. It definitely sinks it in, and it, like, kind of looks down at the sword and, like, looks back at you and kind of just pushes it out a little bit and then reaches over 
and tries to like scoop up jewels and is going to try and uh, grapple you. I have to actually roll for a thing. Am I rolling strength? Either athletics or acrobatics. Oh, love that. Oh, that's a 23. Yeah, this thing like does get you up off the ground and you kind of just do one of those like back rolls out of its like big old hand before it's actually able to get a grip onto you. Um, and it just kind of looks around and just like cups its hands around its mouth and lets out a, a, a deep bellow. And we'll end its turn there. That brings us up to you, Jules. HJ is just going to go straight out of that roll and just into like a crouch runner sprint position and just pounce straight out of that position. Two, two bludgeoning unarmed strikes. Go, go, go. The first one is a seven to hit. I'm going to assume that one misses. Th that one is a miss. But the second one is a dirty 20. That will hit. That is going to be five bludgeoning. That is going to be enough to bring this thing down as it just kind of like buckles in on itself as it seems like its entire rib cage is now kind of just busted in <sighs> and just will kind of like hunch over a front and in on itself as you're able to kind of just buckle it in half around its center mass. It's a bit frightening as it kind of just falls in on you but you're able to kind of just slump off the dead weight now. Yeah. HJ just wants to like strafe off to the side. Hey, what? Not too shabby for my second adventure. Like, good job guys. Rowena just stares at like deadpan stares at him. And then wants to just double check that this thing is definitely dead. Uh, it is. Um, you can actually even see within it, of like that big black pool is starting to dissipate over its heart and is very rapidly losing all of the color in just all of it. So this, this thing is getting pale real fast. Right. Well then, carry on. Are you all right, Master Dietrof? Cass just kind of waves her off just, and then also like walks up to the troll and just sort of prods at it. You're all right, Master Jules. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling okay. Um, that was exhilarating. Yeah, I just want to get these berries and get back and save Mac. Rhino's just gonna go. watch and see what Cass does as she slowly starts to follow the trail again. He just turns, turns and follows her. You go around one, two more hills, and the the tune of the fork is definitely starting to increase in pitch as it begins to vibrate. A little bit more and it's when you come around this third larger hill you come up to a very strange site you can see at kind of like the top of one of these hills a couple of logs and just this boy drenched in blood holding a short sword by both of his hands just shaking and around him is about 13 troll bodies just slumped over in various positions, poked full of dozens of holes, and he's just shaking there. Rowena's gonna sheath her sword and just approach, shield's still an arm, but like approach hands up and just go, Dusty Broven? 
Yeah. And he like whips around because you come coming from like his right ninety degree angle, and it's just got the sword pointed down. She's just gonna hold out her hand to take the sword and like just get really close. And it's just that one smooth move of like going in and one hand to take the sword and the other hand just like pulling him in for the hug. All right. Okay. He, he, he definitely right. takes a step back from you and just kind of gives it a bit of a wiggle. And he's like, no, no, don't, 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 don't come any closer. I'm sorry. I just, I can't. You can't what? I, 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 uh, I can't give it up. You can't give what up now, sweetheart? <laughs> I can't give you the berries. Why? Because I'm going to need to take them. Did you ask me to bet? No, but the troll blood got it, passed it on. And he like pull, pulls on his like shirt a little bit. And there's like a, a small scrape that has now started to have kind of like the purple webbing start. I don't know what happened, but they all just kept impaling themselves on my sword. Right, right. And then it just got everywhere. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't realize it, but it got in. No, no, no. I don't have enough for two people. All right. All right. Well, we're going to solve this. But you need to come with us. I can't go back. Yes, you can. Why? Why would they pick me? I'm just a stranger there. I've been there, what, two, three months? I can't go back. This is my life now. I'm, I, look, I, killed, I killed a dozen trolls. Yes. I can be an adventurer like you. Let's just keep heading west. Dusty. This is fine. Dusty. We can start over. No, it's fine. Shh, 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 shh. Give me the sword, sweetheart. You're fine. You're safe. Your parents are very worried about you. I do. I can't. Come on. Uh, go ahead and give me a persuasion. Shockingly enough, for my lack of charisma, this is a skill that I have. <laughs> because I have to market haggle. That is going to be what I call an optimal 20. he definitely does kind of just go go limp and kind of have the sword flop out of his hands and just kind of clumps down onto himself and is just there kind of weepy like it just got all out of hand (laughs) I don't know what to do HJ kind of like looks at Cass and Rowena well so okay do we still have time to go to the roost Cass says if we give her the berries he has. He's going to have more time. It buys us a few hours, which is important. Exactly. Dusty, we can save you. We made it this far. We can go get more berries. Who brought you the berries? It was a, someone through town. He's a short guy. Small folk. Yeah he, yeah, he had a big black beard. Wore a big cloak. Does he have a lot of Black markings and some very nice wrist bracers. Rona holds up and she is wearing like leather wrist bracers. Like this, but metal. Very fine. I I didn't really get a good look. He just had a big cloak on. He seemed nice, but intimidating. Did he say anything else? He he, he had fancy rings in his beard. Fires and fates, I'm gonna kill that motherfucker. Uh, Rona looks down and pulls her bracelet out from under her bracer to look at it. Uh, there are seven white pearls on it. Cass! Jules! Cass holds up his wrist. Pull it out. All of them have seven white fluorescent pearls on them. Eleven Fates is an original D&D 5e campaign brought to you by the Torpid Gaming Network, a variety streaming channel and community for gamers of all kinds. 
Your cast includes Lady Bedivere, aka Alondra, Pylos, aka King of Pylos, aka Nestor, Sunset's Brew, aka Brew, aka Zep, and the Lord Bonk, aka Bonk, aka Mark, as the DM. You can catch new episodes of Eleven Fates streaming live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv slash torpidnetwork. Those episodes are made available as a podcast and on YouTube every following Saturday. Mostly. Make sure to follow us on all our social media at Torpid Network. Or hop directly into our Discord server so you get updates on upcoming live streams, podcasts, collaborations, and other projects. And remember, here at the Torpid Gaming Network, we do three things. We have fun, we get immersed, and we do, do epic, epic shit. shit. Thanks for listening. Roy, I'll turn and walk away. I hope you're right. We're fucking right. And Cass turns and scampers away. Or, Damn it, I was so good about the entire thing. Yeah, and then yeah. Jules turns and scampers away. <laughs> You must just admire him so much. Apparently, like <laughs> there's, 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 everybody wants there's, there's to be cast. We're just really jealous that we didn't think yeah. of this. Okay, when when he dropped the dice, it was just so cool, and I got jealous. <laughs> He's been power moving for the last twenty four hours in game, and we're all just like, "Damn, son!" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even even I, the player, don't believe that that's true. <laughs> <laughs>